Top 14, the finest football multimedia page out there. Follow us on the socials and don't forget to like and subscribe. Enjoy this episode. Hello, you're listening to the Top 40s podcast. It's Tom and Lucas back at it again. And today we have our championship relegation special and our League 2 relegation special, given that all five spots for relegation in, across the two leagues have been decided. We're also going to touch on some of the automatic promotion spots that have been decided and some of the stuff that is to play for on the final day on Saturday. Tomo, good afternoon. Afternoon. Uh, another excellent game last night. Um, I mean, I know there was a Champions League semi-final, but who cares about that really when uh, Bournemouth Forest was on? What a game. But yeah, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but maybe a bit more of a victory, not for football with Bournemouth winning, but we'll touch on that, I'm sure. Yeah, and speaking of which, we're going to touch on that now. We are going, we are in fact going to get the ball rolling with last night's match, Bournemouth against Nottingham Forest. Tombo, the first half was relatively even, but Bournemouth were just a class above in the second half, weren't they? Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, the quality has told eventually for Scott Parker's men. They've tried absolutely everything to not get promoted after that unbelievable start to the season, but they've finally managed to go up. I mean. Fair play to Nottingham Forest because the rise they've had from where they were has been amazing. And they probably came into that game very confident. But obviously Bournemouth getting the job done, um, they go up automatically into the Premier League, joining Fulham. Two of the sides with arguably the worst home and away atmospheres in the league going up. So if you're a championship limbs purist, then you're probably quite delighted to see those two out of the division. But as I say... Bournemouth did deserve it probably over the course of the season. In the two games against QPR, they were probably one of the best sides I've seen. And although Forrest came close and were unlucky, really, they should have had a penalty definitely in the first half. Um, and Sam Surridge also hit the crossbar when he should have probably should have hit the tar. Well, he should have scored, really. Um, but yeah, well-worked goal from Kiefer Moore. But being able to bring those sort of players off the bench shows why Bournemouth are going to be in the Premier League because... They gambled in January with all those signings and it's paid off. Yeah, they, they threw a load of money at it, threw a load of resources at it and it has inevitably paid off. It did look like for a while in the first half that they were going to have to settle for playoffs this season. But a bit like our beloved QPR in the 13-14 season, promotion was pretty much demanded. He, even if it was playoffs, it was more or less demanded given the resources that they had. We're now going to touch upon some of the sides who have gone down this season in the Championship. And we're going to start off with the basement club, which is Barnsley. Barnsley got promoted back to the Championship in 2019. Their first season, they spent most of it in the bottom three. Managed to to score a last-gasp winner against Brentford to stay up um, amidst Wigan's financial irregularities. And last season, they bought in Valerian Ishmael, and after a relatively slow start to the season, they just astronomically rose up the table and got playoffs. But this season, they've, they've had some players leave and they've had a bit of a turnaround. But it's just sort of gone tits up for them, if you like. And, that, and they've been really, really poor for the majority of the season. And they've deservedly gone down, haven't they, Tomo? Yeah, they have been terrible. And, I mean, we've mentioned this before on the podcast that first half performance at Loftus Road is probably the best I've ever seen a side play at Loftus Road. Well, in certainly in my memory, that was under Marcus Schott. But since then, I've watched quite a few of their performances. I've watched, obviously, the highlights of most of their games. And 
some of the defending for their goals has been absolutely shambolic. And I think as well attacking in attacking areas, they just haven't had the creativity. Um, if they'd have started the season with Amin Bassi and Domingos Keener, it could have been a bit different because I think they did bring a little bit of a spark when they signed in January, um, especially Keener, who scored a cracker against QPR at Oakwell. But they just haven't been able to string any sort of form together. They've picked up bits and pieces of points here and there, but overall, on the whole balance of the season, certainly the worst team in the league. And I think they'll face an uphill battle next season um, if they want to get promoted, because looking at the strength of League One, I think you've got to go with other teams that are probably going to stay down. You know, those four teams in the playoffs, I would think all of them are in better shape than Barnsley next season. Yeah, it does go without saying that Barnsley are in for a pretty torrid time in League One next season, given some of the individual quality that we've seen from some teams in League One. Um, that's not to say that, that they will be in League One next season, but if they are, then it promises to be one of the most exciting League One campaigns we've seen in years. But Barnsley, they've scored the fewest number of goals in the league, managing just a paltry 33 all season. And seven of those goals came in August alone. So while it was a fairly strong start to the season, since like mid to late September onwards, it's just capitulated. And another side who we all knew they were going to struggle given some of their low-profile players, but up until the outgoing Darren Ferguson left, we didn't realise it would be this bad. Grant McCannis come in and steadied the ship somewhat and, get, and getting some more results, but it was just a matter of too little, too late for the posh, wasn't it, Tomo? Yeah, Peterborough just, they didn't sign very well. Um, they Darren Ferguson, I'm not sure why he was given that new contract uh, that was early in the season when they were not really doing anything. Um, you know, they've never looked like staying up all season, really, Peterborough. Um, and again, just a lack of quality. I think Johnson Clark Harris spent the first half of the season either injured or unfit. And then the rest of, you know, the rest of the creativity was on the likes of Sammy Schmodix and players like that, who are good players for League One, but I'm not sure of championship level players. Um, as for next season, though, I think Grant McCann certainly has turned them into a better outfit. Um, obviously, he's managed at Peterborough before. They quite like to do that, don't they? Um, that Darren McCantony, he quite likes to go for managers who have already been with the club. But he certainly turned them around and made them look a better outfit. And I think if you look at the other clubs that are going down, especially Derby, they're going to lose a lot of players just because the, the nature of their financial situation. But also, they've had players who've really been impressive, whereas I don't think Peterborough will lose anyone. I think potentially Johnson Clark Harris may get may get poached. Ronnie Edwards, their young centre back, he could leave the club. But I think they'll probably keep the majority of that squad together and and go again next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about them as a championship club this time next season. Neither would I, to be honest. And like they've got they've got some they've got some half decent players like Jack Marriott's a good cent, a good championship player. Jean Doporat Fuchs is a is a good midfielder who's good for championship level and and I reckon will do very well in League One. Um, but I think it's a matter of they probably need a new goalkeeper because their goalkeeping situation known is quite turbulent. Obviously Stephen Bender is out injured; he's on loan. Cornell he's not really cutting the mustard. And obviously Christy Pym threw a boot at Darren Ferguson after their three-one defeat against Reading in September. So he probably won't play for the club again. So I think 
if they bring in a new goalkeeper and sort of just tighten up in midfield and stop conceding so many as many soft goals as they were this season then there's then there's no reason why they can't you know push on next season and try try and get promoted i think keeping johnson clark Harris is really important Ron, ronnie edwards he's easier to replace but john johnson clark Harris won't be twice as easy to replace but you know, and I think if they've they've got the likes of Dan Butler returning to fitness, they've got quite a few players out injured. They've got Oliver Norburn, he'll be fit by the start of this next season. Nathan Thompson should be fit, he's injured at the moment. Dan Butler, he, he suffered a season-ending injury at home against Millwall in December. Um, I think if, if they have a fully fit squad to pick from next season and they bring in a new goalkeeper, then there's no reason why they can't push for promotion. But I think the most inevitable relegation of the season has been that of Derby County. Obviously, we all know Derby County fight until the end and all that. It was a great story to see that they kept their battle for relegation going on so long. Ultimately, Tom, it was their 21-point deduction that killed them, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, there was no chance they were ever going to stay up. And Wayne Rooney has to be commended. I know he's got so much praise this season, but... It's been deserved because, I mean, to galvanise that squad from where they were has just been incredible. Um, if it wasn't for the points deductions, they'd have been, yes, they'd have been lower mid-table, but even without points deduction, I think a lot of people thought, if you look at that Derby They would have been 18th. They would have been 18th. Yeah. I mean, there you go. That's a cracking season from their quality of squad and the fact they couldn't sign players. They had to bring people in at the last Turn minute. 17th. Yeah, so... I mean, Derby, what a great season and unfortunate that it's ended in relegation. But I think under that new owner, it looks like Chris Kirchner is going to be the man to take the club forward. Hopefully he can clear the debt, the debts at the club and then maybe they have a year of consolidation in League One next year and then maybe and then push for promotion next year. But as I say, it looks like Rooney wants to stay for the long haul at Derby and Unless he leaves the club and they and they make a disastrous appointment, I can't see any reason why it won't be good vibes around the club next season. Um, the only issue could be, obviously, their lack of still that financial position they're in now. They're going to lose a lot of players. Tom Lawrence is sure to leave. Um, that Malcolm Ebawi, who looks a great player from in snippets that we've seen, he looks like he's going to go. Um, and there's a couple of other good young players, the likes of Sibley, Jason Knight, Max Bird, who are all probably going to get picked up by other championship or even Premier League clubs in the summer. So it'll be a big rebuilding job at the Rams, but they'll have that fan base behind them. And under that new ownership, it'll, it's just going to be good to see them still be a football club, really, which promotions or relegations, they come and go, but existence is the most important thing. I think seeing Derby make it through the season in, in one piece is the most important thing. Yes, they've had point deductions. Yes, they've lost some games. Yes, their away seat. Yes, their form on the road has been really poor. Based on away form without points deduction, they would have been twenty second. But on home form, they would have been eleventh. For God's sake, um, I think it's just. I think the fact that Derby still have a club is the best thing to see. Yes, players will go. Um, Fet Siabosade, Malcolm Ebiowe, Ravel Morrison, Luke Plange is already going to Palace, as we know. Um, Iran Cashin, Tom Lawrence is 99.9% .9 certain to leave. Just just name a few. There's 
gonna it's gonna be a bit of a whitewash. We'll see we'll see who Derby bring in in the summer, but it's an interesting season and it's really one thing that's also really positive to see. Quite rare nowadays in football is the loyalty that Wayne Rooney is showing this Derby count that Wayne Rooney is showing this Derby County side because he could very easily have jumped ship in like. He could very easily have jumped ship at the start of the season. Could very easily have jumped ship in the winter to take the vacant Everton job. But no, he didn't. He stuck by Derby all season. He used some tools to motivate the players, showing them what the table would have been on a 12-point deduction and what it would have been on a zero-point deduction as well, which is really good to see. And it's good to see that those um, motivating techniques really worked. And had their points deduction been just 12 points, then, it would, then they would have stayed up, which is really really good to think and I think that I think most most of the footballing world will be rooting for Derby next season to try and get back up to the championship ASAP. You're listening to the Top 4 Tiers podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We're now going to move on to League 2 um, and we're going to start off at the top of the league as as Exeter achieved that one Gresham goal of promotion that all elusive promotion after years and years of playoff hurts and falling at the final hurdle. They finally done it and oh how how good it must be to be an extra fan right now, Tomo. Yeah, I mean so many years of ever so nearly getting promoted and finally they've managed to go up. They've certainly deserved it. I mean, they've arguably been in the top three sides in League Two for probably 75% of the last four years or five years, probably. And it's just unfortunate that the timing of their poor runs of form or poor performances have ended up being the worst possible time in the season. Um, but this season, they've been brilliant. They didn't really spend big in the, in the window. They didn't show masses of amount of ambition. They just kept that squad together and went again under Matt Taylor. And fair play to him. Continuity's worked really well for him. And the signs they did make, I mean, Colchester fans couldn't wait to get rid of Giovanni Brown. They thought he wasn't good enough for a, a lower mid-table League Two side. And he's been arguably one of the best players in League Two this season. You look at Timothy Dieng, who got back-to-back relegations at South End, relegated out of League Two. Most clubs wouldn't think he would would think, oh, why would you want to sign a player that's just been relegated twice? But he's been arguably the best holding midfielder in League Two this season. They managed to keep Matt Jay, which was massive. And even though they lost Joel Randall to Peterborough, who was one of their best and upcoming young players, they've still managed to go up and pretty comfortably, to be fair. And I'm, I'm excited to see how they do in League One next year because they've got a very good fan base, um, especially at home. They get a cracking atmosphere. It's going to be a long journey for a lot of away fans like next season, but good to see Exeter on the rise. Yeah, and it will be, and it definitely will be a journey which most away fans will enjoy making. Because from I've I've only heard good things about Exeter, and and I'm rooting to see them in League One next season and seeing what they what they can do. And yeah, I think some of the players have really ticked the season, like of Matt Jay, Timothy Dieng took a massive risk on him, obviously with his relegations, but the risk has certainly paid off. It goes without saying. Cameron Dawson in goal has also been decent, keeping 18 clean sheets. I think they pulled off a bit of a coup getting Cameron Dawson in because it was only recently where I was playing week in, week out in the Championship for Sheffield Wednesday, for crying out loud. He's gone on loan and he, it's just it's just been a bit of a confidence boost for him. It's and it's really it's really good to see a side who's had, who had so many elusive promotions finally get that goal of promotion. 
And last side we're just going to quickly touch upon is the other promoted side, Forest Green Rovers. Now obviously Forest Green, they've been kicking around in League 2 for some time. They had a failed playoff campaign, but they've finally been promoted, Tomo. They deserve it, don't they? And how do you think they'll fare in League 1 next season very quickly? Yeah, they certainly do deserve it, to be fair. Rob Edwards has done a cracking job in his debut in senior management. Um, they started the season brilliantly, but the only thing that slightly concerns me is sort of since the turn of the year, if you look at their form, they've probably shown around mid-table form. You know, it's not like they've got promoted and then gone on the booze and just couldn't care less about their remaining fixtures. I think if they didn't start the season so well, they probably wouldn't have gone up because they wouldn't have been taking good form into the playoffs. And as you say, their quality of squad is good, but it's also been made clear that a lot of their key players aren't going to be renewing their contracts in the summer. So the likes of Kane Wilson, he's one that will definitely be leaving. Nicky Cadden, there's a question mark over him. Matty Stevens, he looks like he's going to go. Um, and some other very important players as well. Ebu Adams, he's a, a key cog in that centre midfield. So I wouldn't be surprised if Forest Green are the basement club in League One next year. But as I say, they are polarising with their vegan approach where they basically force everyone at the club to eat vegan and go green and things like that which I'll be honest I don't agree with but as I say it's not the biggest fan base not the biggest club but it'll certainly be a culture shock to some of those well either Sunderland or Sheffield Wednesday fans that travel down there on an away day but fair play to Forest Green they certainly deserve their crack at, at um, League One but I just can't really see it going too well for them. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I think, obviously, as you said, they're, having, they're going to have a bit of a whitewash at the end of the season. They have loads of players out of contract who won't be renewing. And I think, looking at some of their team, Jamil, Jamil Matt, Josh, Jamil Matt, he's 32. Whether he, he did, He's done well in League 2 this season, but he's done well in League 2 this season, scoring 19 goals. But whether he can cut the mustard in League 1 at 33 years old is a bit of a different story. Another player in their team is Luke, some other players in their team, the likes of Regan Hendry, Nicky Cadden, Jack Aitchison, just to name a few. And also like the likes of Dan Sweeney, just just to name a few players. Whether they'll be in, with them in League One next season is a bit different. Now we're going to turn a bit and we're going to drop down to the bottom of the league and discuss what's gone wrong for Oldham Athletics, Homo. What's gone wrong there? Do we have all day? because, Christ, a lot has gone wrong. It's been a culmination of years and years of horrendous ownership from Abdallah Lemzikum, which we've seen the Oldham Athletic promote, uh, protests, obviously, their game at confirmed relegation a, a couple of weeks ago against Salford was, was cut short initially due to protests on the pitch. And they played the last 10 minutes behind closed doors. And the fact that they were blocking the fire exits to stop fans in the bar watching the last 10 minutes, I think encapsulates everything that's gone wrong at the football club. Um, there's a total disconnect between fans and the hierarchy at the club. Appointing John Sheridan was something that was actually a very positive decision um, by the board, something they actually eventually got right. And they have signed some half-decent players. I mean, there's some good players in that side. Davis Keeler done, has done well. Hallam Hope's had a pretty good season. Then Carl Piagiani has been pretty solid at the back. But... They've just always been swimming against the tide. And whenever something slightly went wrong, it went very toxic with the fans. And I don't blame them because they've gone from a mid-table League One club, which was 
not going to pull up any trees, but they were consolidating in League One and never really looked like going down too many times. And all of a sudden now they've dropped out of the Football League and we know how competitive that National League is. There's so many sides down there now that when they initially got relegated, you would have thought would walk back up. I mean, just to name a few, Chesterfield, Notts County, they're two sides that when they both went down, you thought there's no way they'll walk league, the National League, they'll walk non-league football, and they haven't. And I think it, we'll get on to Scunthorpe later, but the competitive nature of the National League, it could be a very long time before Oldham taste promotion. And even though they are keeping John Sheridan on, I just think until that club is sold and there's new owners in, it's only going to go downhill. Yeah, unfortunately for Oldham, I do feel sorry for Oldham fans, but mm, they are, it's not it's not going to be easy in League Two. There, there could be some struggles. And I'm going to talk about the other side who's gone down, and that is Scunthorpe United, who have been absolutely woeful all season, winning just four games all season, and it's just been so so poor down at Glanford Park. The amount of losses they have this season is rather scary, and like they were relegated on Good Friday, and, and they were deservedly relegated because they have been atrocious all season. Keith Hill, he's he's coming, he's been given a he got given a really hard job when he came in, and he's just he's just made a hard job even worse. But oh, it's just it's just so weird for them, isn't it, Tomo? It's been really, really abysmal season for Oldham. No, for Scunthorpe, hasn't it? Yeah, well, it has been abysmal for Oldham as well. But yeah, Scunthorpe, absolutely the season from hell. And again, another club that only three or four years ago were were on the cusp of promotion to the Championship. I remember they sacked manager Graham Alexander when they were sixth in League One after a little bit of a wobble in form and. God, if you look back at that decision now, wow, what a terrible decision that's turned out to be because, again, it's just been a culmination of bad decisions and bad financial mismanagement and poor ownership and a disconnection between fans and players and fans and management and fans and board. And it's just ended up with them dropping into the National League and pretty similar with Oldham, I'd be incredibly surprised if Scunthorpe managed to go up next season, even challenge. I mean, we saw Southend, how they started this season really poorly and could have even got, rele- at the time, threatened to get relegated to the National League South. And I'm not saying Scunthorpe will get relegated next season, but they're going to have to make some pretty big changes at the club. Um, I mean, you look at some of those players that are in that side, there's only maybe two or three that I could think of that are good enough for League Two. I think Rory Watson, their goalkeeper, is a is a decent goalkeeper, to be fair, and he probably could play league football next year. But I genuinely think there may be one or two others that are good enough, and the rest have just been absolutely appalling this season. I mean, their fitness levels look terrible. They get sort of 60, 70 minutes into a game, and you watch the goals they concede, and they're just like, midfielders not tracking back it's just been a toxic season and I understand that Keith Hill had a horrendously difficult job but he certainly hasn't made it any better I mean if anything you could say he made it worse they did have a little bit of an upturn in form when he first came in but I'm not sure he's the man to lead them forward because well at the end of the day it's not looking good at all for Scunthorpe yeah, they did have a bit of a new manager bounce going on a run of one defeat in seven. But however, 
let's bear in mind five five of five of the six games which weren't defeats were draws, but and they only managed to win once in that time, beating Oldham by three goals to one before they started losing again. So it's evident they didn't get much momentum from that. But their fitness their fitness levels this season have been really really poor. Like they've as I said they get they get to the hour mark and then. They just start conceding really sloppy goals, goals which you'd expect to see conceded in underage football in Saturday on Saturday league pitches in loads of parks around the country. It's just been really, really abysmal for Scunthorpe this season, and they they are, they will struggle. I'd say around lower mid table in National League. That I can't I can't see them getting relegated, but I think there are too there are too many there are too many. There are too many inexperienced sides, and I think looking at the sides that are going to come up from the, Nas- the National League North, and the, looking at the side that's, that are going to come up from National League South, looking like Gates, Gateshead, Ma- Maidstone, Dorking Wanderers, these are all sides who I reckon could well give Scunthorpe a game next season, and it's just crazy to think that the, the they they'll uh, after nearly getting after being in League One playoffs in 2018. Four years on, they they've been relegated to League Two, and now and now they've deservedly dropped into the National League after a really really poor season in in League Two when they were both when they were comfortably the worst side in the league, um, and yeah, I, I just don't I just don't really know what to say about it. Anyway, that rounds off this week's instalment for the Top Four Tiers podcast, or today's instalment because we've had two episodes this week. We had our League One relegation special without our championship and League Two specials. We'll do a Premier League special once all three spots are mathematically confirmed. But, Tomo, do you have any last words before we round off? No, not really. Just obviously the playoffs in both divisions haven't been decided yet, so we couldn't really discuss them. But as soon as the playoff places are confirmed in League Two and in uh, the Championship, we will talk about them. I'm sure. Yeah, we'll cross. We'll cross. We'll definitely cross that bridge when we come to it. And um, we all know that by by five o'clock on Saturday, though, all those spots will be decided. Thank you so much for listening. Please do not forget to like and subscribe. And we hope to, and we look forward to seeing the next one. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us at Top 4 Tears. You've been listening to Tom Ward, founder of this multimedia empire, and myself, Lucas Ross, editor and producer. Don't forget to like and subscribe.